you know, it's okay to make a mistake as long as we kind of learn from it and pick each other up and, and keep going. So the future is bright. We just pause for a second on where we are as an industry. And I, I see it as an opportunity to have a hybrid kind of approach and ensure that this also brings some employee satisfaction to the table as well as increasing our customer experience. Welcome to the GBS Masterminds podcast, the one and only platform for global business service leaders to share their experiences of building world-class shared service organizations. My name is Sashi Narahari, founder and CEO of iRadius, and I'll be your host. Today, I'm honored to host Peter Mitchell, a global operations leader with 20 plus years of experience in building and transforming high-performance teams across processes and geographies. Peter has worked with top companies like PwC, DSM, and currently serving as the head of GBS at ABB Krakow. Peter, thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Sashi. Pleasure. So, Peter, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your career journey? Absolutely. So, as you said, you know, I've 20 plus years in the industry, probably close to 25 at this stage. My background is predominantly finance. So that's still close to my heart. And I have a functional role to play as well in Europe uh, when it comes to leading the finance operations. So you could say I'm, I'm still within my realm of, um, of passion, but uh, have loved this overarching role for the last couple of years. All right. Peter, so we're doing these $6 million questions that every GBS leader should know. The first one is around captive center versus outsourcing. In your view, which model is better for deploying shared services? I would have to say captive. You know, I, I'm very passionate about the captive, uh, let's say, model and setup as part of the, the buildup within ABB and, you know, the, the GBS itself. We chose to go for, for in-house mainly because, you know, we're, we're quite heavy, we're complicated. We've got, we've got, you know, some ERP systems to deal with as well. And uh, the standard that we do not have or did not have when we started the journey, it was better that we, um, we move that ourselves into our existing centers or new ones. I think it holds purpose for the simple reason that if you have something inside the company, it becomes part of the culture. The relationship you build up with the customers becomes very, let's say, intertwined, so to speak. You get to know and learn the business. And it also creates career opportunities within a larger sized uh, corporation like ABB. It's a pride thing. It's a cultural thing. If we go back uh, in time to why captive, I think it still ticks a lot of boxes uh, when it comes to the decision that we made. There are, of course, always going to be challenges and also discussions internally as well if, if it still holds water. Frankly, you know, the scale is one thing, but the complexity is it's very difficult to pass that on to an outsourced company or or to a BPOer. I think if you think captive, you should always think, is it the right tactical move to make? Is it, you know, the let's say the repetitive work that you have within your different processes is and, and should that be perhaps better off done by by someone externally? Uh, so there are pockets of of let's say of uh, non-captive that you could think of. Uh, once you standardize uh, as much as you possibly can. If you think also around areas like HR, payroll, for example, that's not our core business uh, to have external companies working with you. And I think most other companies would have a similar model and setup. It just makes sense. It's practical. 
and uh, you have it in a safe set of hands uh, when it comes to that type of important process uh, to be run and managed uh, by experts. Got it. All right. So the second question, a fairly debated topic, harmonize and standardize first versus lift and shift. Peter, when ABB decided to create its largest GBS center in Krakow, you are heavily involved in collaborating with all the other centers to bring it together. What's your take on what companies should do? Lift and shift first or standardize the process first and then lift and shift? It all depends on where you are on the journey. We chose for lift and shift to take the as-is and move it to fewer locations. At the time, clearly, we didn't really have the luxury of, of you know five or 10 years out. It was something that we needed to accomplish within a certain period of time. Now, if the clock is ticking, lifting and shifting is the only way to go. And again, back to complexity, size, you know, 50 plus ERP systems, lots of, you know, global applications and local applications, you know, the more heavy you are, the, the more complex you, you are as a company, it becomes very difficult to say and put that on the table, let's standardize first and harmonize and then we move it. So, so we didn't have the luxury and, and certainly not the time to do that. It's, of course, the sacrifice is always going to be there. You do carry a lot of the tropicalization with you at the beginning as a consequence of just moving as is. But once you have it into you know, the, the fewer locations, you get to have a holistic view of, of the process and look at the variations across. So the opportunity becomes much bigger to harmonize quicker along the road later. My next question, question number three, is around, uh, again, a good debated topic, RPA versus foundational platforms. Peter, you're the executive board member of Aspire with an ABB which focuses on world-class technology. What would be your recommendation on using RPA and AI technology in GBS? The urban legend that was out there about, you know, let's get 40% automation across the industry and particularly in financial shared services. I have to disappoint everybody and the ones who know what I'm talking about are, are aware, of course, that it's not 40%. You know, it's, it's hard work. It's probably closer to 10-15% uh, where we are as an industry today. And that's, that's uh, still leaving potential for growth of the automation and AI. For me, it's a question of, of, again, how harmonized are you and how standardized are you? You know, Automating a mess is probably not the smartest thing to do. You may want to do that temporarily while you get your process in order, but that's to me tactical or PA. You know, of course, the, the usual suspects are, are there, the accounts payable departments, where you have an influx of lots of invoices with the same kind of you know background behind them. That's those are the kind of usual low-hanging fruits, as well as perhaps your account reconciliations and and whatnot. But it takes time. It takes a lot of effort. I've learned actually that automation is not just about RPA and you know the kind of cutting edge technologies that you have there today. It starts at the very beginning, first time right principle. If you have things coming into the process, you know why is it not matching first time when you have simple things like OCR, optical character recognition has been there for decades. You know, if you get that that right and you kind of, you know, encourage and discipline your suppliers, provide you with the right detail up front from a master data perspective, you can avoid having a bot in place at all. So it's really much more thinking about, you know, the overall kind of automation. And I would put that inside the box of automation, getting it first time right and having it matched at the beginning. 
as opposed to putting something in place later on. The number of bots is well over 70 at the moment. Uh, but again, that's the fruit of a couple of years of labor. The area that we focused on heavily at the beginning was, of course, the subledger where you have high volumes and repetitive work, rule-based, kind of usual things that you would go after. But funny enough, uh, one of the first bots we introduced in ABB was around a, a non-standard process. It was actually non-PO-related invoices for one of our countries. And the reason why that qualified is because it came about that a lot of the approval, uh, searching for the right approvers, uh, if you think of a table of authority and trying to find who should approve which invoices, that is rule-based. That can be derived based on a certain kind of logic. Uh, so it was a funny kind of place to start, but that's where we started. And we thought if we could do that, we could definitely take on even more complicated processes along the way. But the question is always going to be, is it scalable? If you have a bot that's in place for a particular process for a particular country, the question is, why are you not doing that for five or six countries? Or why not for the entire process? And that's where we're now coming about with looking at the scalability across the actual process and looking at the nuances and can we kind of drive those down? Can we take the script and, and apply it to multiple ERP systems? Because as long as we use the same transactions, think about the payment process as an example, think about, again, invoice processing, think about booking journals. A lot of these can be, you know, uh, having the same kind of functionality used across multiple systems. So that's where we're at, uh, an exciting future ahead, but by no means easy and not a walk in the park, a lot of hard work and, and a lot of, let's say, dedication to that topic still to come in the coming years. Next question, Peter, is um, the role of what do you think is the future of GBS? One of the things that always comes up or debated is how GBS can be a revenue driver instead of the traditional cost cutting unit. What are your thoughts on it? Of course, I'm a product of GBS. <laughs> so for me, you know, the future hopefully is very bright. I think to think about more what the customer needs are, be it captive or, or non-captive, it doesn't really matter. You have to always put the customer in the center of, uh, of what you're doing and making sure that the quality that you're driving up is not going up at the same rate as cost. Of course, you have to keep that equilibrium. Not an easy thing, you know, to keep the costs at a, at a certain level and, and, and quality up. But bringing some of these use cases to life and showing the business that if we are, as a GBS provider, ensuring that the overdues are, are kept at a bare minimum, uh, following up on certain customer kind of disputes, that has to deliver a bottom line result and ensure that, that we're not having too many things out there that's, uh, that actually belong to you as a company. So getting the cash in, that's where you can make a big difference. Ensuring that, uh, that everything is paid on time. If you slip in that area for critical suppliers, it could shut down factories. It could stop production for a couple of hours. That is a, a massive amount of avoided costs or avoided embarrassments as an industry and as a, as a company as well. So it's that kind of level of, of emphasis and importance, bringing that to the table and showing that you're not just delivering the bare minimum, but also ensuring that critical processes just keep running. It's the same as anything else. You know, you want to keep the lights on. You've got to make sure that you've got people uh, to be there to maintain these things as well. So what's very interesting is that uh, in a GBS kind of centralized model, which is what I refer to as the glue, 
it's it's even more important to I would say sting for your supper to ensure that the business identify you know what value is being created by having shared services and and certain level of services provided on an hourly, daily, weekly, monthly basis. So it's all about centricity, uh, bringing that customer to the table, identifying to them where they can also improve. So it's not just on the global business services side uh, throughout those traditional services, but it's also to bring to, to life and to the surface, if the business did the following, then the overall end-to-end process would be a lot healthier and would also deliver results in a positive way. It's waste management. It's all of the above, you know, the different kind of uh, continuous improvement uh, initiatives that you would typically see within a, a GBS center. That, to me, is, uh, is very important. So I, I call it the customer arena, uh, call it customer centricity, how you interact and the rhythm of GBS towards the business. Sounds very colorful, but again, it's, it's about knowing your business and also identifying where both parties can, can contribute to the overall benefit of, uh, of the end-to-end. Peter, next question is uh, around core ERP versus modern cloud platforms. What is your view on the trade-off between a core ERP solution like an SAP or Oracle and a lot of the modern software cloud platforms, companies like Coupa and, of course, Iridius? How do you see the trade-offs between these platforms? I think it's important um, to note that you can have both coexisting and actually delivering to the, uh, let's say, to the landscape in a positive way uh, together. So, I mean, the ERP that we are predominantly using or the multitude of ERPs would be SAP. You cannot do that alone these days. You, you need to have the cloud uh, computing applications, let's say, as complementary systems to help you get the data and to pull out the data. Think about Celonis, for example. You know, This has been developed and, and has grown over the years to be able to present data in such a way that you can look for the different touch points in a process to identify where you need to improve, at least to hint and indicate where you need to improve. So the big data is not going to come out of the production system. It's going to come out of the warehouse and the power BIs of, um, around it. So it's about fit for purpose. You know, We have great systems in place around the ERPs. Uh, we use uh, a global application when it comes to reconciling our balance sheet accounts. That technology and functionality is very intuitive and has been built purposely so that we can fulfill all of the requirements we have as a company, particularly around US GAAP and uh, anything that comes at us from the auditors and also to safeguard our assets, of course. So, you know, I can list lots of different examples, but I believe both need to exist and uh, will continue to exist. Know now that, uh, you know, the next wave of change that will come into the industry is to have much more in the cloud to be able to rely on, on, uh, on different systems and applications in a bigger way, particularly what, uh, what you can see now as well with the financial reporting and how that's evolving and becoming much more of a daily activity as opposed to the big peak of work that takes place at the end of the month. So we are looking at that and trying to flatten the curve and ensure that there's more of a continuous kind of you know, reporting numbers uh, being, being available. On a closing note, Peter, what would you like to leave your listeners with some parting advice? Always be positive. I certainly am. And, you know, it, it's one of the best, I would say, one of the best industries to be in. There's, there's so much opportunity. You know, if you're coming in as a, as a youngster, 
if you, you're leading a center out there, it's got everything you can imagine. You know, the sky's the limit when it comes to the different types of services you can possibly put under GBS. You know, the journey is not, not there yet. So there's still quite some, some energy in the tank, so to speak, to keep evolving and maturing and taking on even bigger and more challenging, let's say, topics over the coming years. I would say make sure you hire the right people, the sourcing of, of the talent, uh, develop the talent and ensure that they have opportunities to grow have a kind of a mindset that today I'm going to do something a little bit better than I did yesterday. Uh, so that continuous improvement, not of only self, but also of the process and the team around you, you know, this uh, co-creation, ensuring that that's also quite vibrant and allowing people to make mistakes. You know, it's okay to make a mistake as long as we kind of learn from it and um, pick each other up and, and keep going. So the future's bright. If we just pause for a second on where we are as an industry and as an organization, we're coming out of what everyone is referring to as one of the most difficult periods the last couple of years. I, I see it as an opportunity to challenge the status quo, to have a hybrid kind of approach and ensure that you know this also brings some employee satisfaction to the table as well as increasing our customer experience. All right. This has been a very insightful conversation, Peter. Thank you. It was a delight to have you on the GBS Masterminds today. Thanks a million. Uh, pleasure is mine. And yeah, hope to interact soon. Thank you. That was the GBS Masterminds podcast. For more information, visit gbsmasterminds.com and make sure to search for GBS Masterminds in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And on behalf of the team here at High Radius, thanks for listening.